0: Hi everybody, it's Tom from Cricket Coach 365 and welcome to our latest podcast. Hi everybody, it's Tom from Cricket Coach 365 and welcome to our 90th episode of uh, the podcast on lives in women and girls cricket. And today I'm absolutely thrilled to be and del- uh, delighted to be joined by Sarah Malin. Sarah is the Founder and Hands-On Working Director of International Cricket Tours and a great example of a female leader in business that has got a passion for cricket. So Sarah, thank you very much for making the time to join us today and welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks, Tom.
0: So we ask all our guests for the, uh, the very first question is the same one, Sarah. And that question is quite simply giving you the opportunity to think back on that first moment, that first recollection you have of being inspired or motivated or connected to the game of cricket?
1: Well, there's two answers there. Of course, uh, we had to go to cricket with Dad and Mum did the cricket teas. And in those days, it was jam tarts, angel cake and fish paste sandwiches. So I think times have probably moved on since then. And it was always cold and wet in those summers or those years ago, unlike now. My next interest in cricket began when, unfortunately, my sister's husband was unable to travel to Barbados with a cricket team, a mixture of West Indians and English uh, players. They all worked at the Inland Revenue in Twickenham. And um, one of the players actually owned a hotel. His name was Dr. Bertie Clark, a Barbadian, and he owned the Palm Beach Hotel. So being West Indians, they decided they all wanted to go off on a month long holiday and they took the English players with them. Unfortunately, um, one of the players couldn't go. And my sister asked me if I would like to go, too. Now, this was 81. Not many people had been to the Caribbean. Nobody knew a great deal about it. And I actually said no. And she said, but I'm paying. So I thought of my love of sun, sea and sand and said, "Oh, okay then. So. Off we went to play cricket um, in Barbados, which was absolutely totally amazing. The reason for that was that the guys, the Barbadian guys on the tour, had all been to school with the great and the good, the dream team of that era. So they would come over and hang out after the game or just come along and watch the game. So I got to meet people like Gordon Greenwich, Desmond Haynes, Joel Garner, um then uh, a year or so later i got introduced to somebody who had a travel business so i left my very boring job at john lewis because i'm a girl who likes a bit of wow factor and excitement um left john lewis decided to embark on a career in well that was to say the least hard work but we were very successful at the beginning with many county teams over 50 teams, and even the Gary Soba Schools Festival was started during that time. However, um, my business partner wasn't a great business partner, and we struggled. Um, the um, situations I found myself were innumerable, but they say what, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Well, I have to say it certainly did. After many years, when I couldn't take my our partnership any longer because I couldn't do the things I wanted to do successfully, I, um, decided to, um, I decided to start again on my own. So I did, as international cricket tours, after a lot of plotting and planning, I started going to exhibitions. I made my website. And on the, um, uh, the 28th of February, I threw the keys through the door. I went home, cried, and started all over again there was no more cricket announcements um, of future tours for the men's international cricket until the June. So I had about four or five months to regroup, make a new website, carry on doing my Caribbean holidays and other luxury holidays. And then, boom, we got dates for Barbados or the Caribbean for the following winter. Within a year, I was turning over 1.2 million. Obviously, my approach to people, my success at delivery stood for a lot because all the customers that I left behind called me, found me, rebooked. And I thank Susan Blinman, who went off to Sri Lanka actually in the November. She was the only person I sent, but I thank her for restoring my faith in, in clients. And we had a great, very successful winter tour out in the West Indies. However, Cricket has many glass ceilings, and I think I must have hit them all. Uh, It's tough being a woman in cricket, let alone playing cricket. It's tough being a businesswoman in cricket. Nobody listens to us. Nobody has any interest in us. I approach people in positions of authority. I don't even get a reply when I'm asking for help. I'm desperate to um, start working with the women's international cricket market. But the three opportunities we had have not been very successful, but time is passing. The growth figures that they recorded in Australia in the last women's competition are actually phenomenal. So nobody can say that nobody's watching women's cricket now. Um, the first opportunity I had was a Caribbean women's tournament run by the ICC. I sent literally four people uh the next opportunity we got was new zealand during pandemic so whilst the interest was clearly much better it came to nothing so i believe the next opportunity we're going to have is to offer the um competition in south africa which takes place in january next year that's 2023 but we still don't have the final dates and locations but my sources tell me it will be Cape town and surrounding area what a fantastic place to go absolutely safe amazing value for money fantastic exciting so watch this space for um, some opportunities to travel with us at our bonded company headed up by a woman known for delivery know for making sure absolutely everybody has a wonderful time and being looked after so i'm looking forward to getting more involved in this but going back to my struggles i, I know for sure that i have had to pay my celebrities more to make sure they appear. I had to be taken seriously. Um, even if I didn't know them, I'd be on the phone saying, can you do it? I've worked with him both them um, when we've done um, done Ashes. Um, uh, uh, PJ Dominey uh, from South Africa. We regularly work with Gordon Greenwich, Desmond Haynes, and of course, Sir Richie Richardson, who is my greatest hero, really. He's helped me more than anybody. We had a wonderful tour um, to Grenada where Petra Roach, another woman in tourism who's running the Grenada Tourist Board, she helped us with the um, welcome drinks and Q&A session. She helped me financially put that on and chose the location for us. So um, whilst I've had to work 24-7 at times and very often on my own, post-pandemic as well, getting back on track, having had to make my staff redundant, we came back twice as big. I couldn't believe it. Our turnover has never been bigger. So we're now recruiting. Well, we have recruited, but with an eye to increasing our staffing as the months go by. Um, it is staffed by two young men, actually. But of course, any woman who loves cricket that wants to work in the travel business would be welcome to join us. The opportunities that cricket bring, the doors that cricket opens, absolutely incredible. You mentioned the word cricket. And all sorts of things happen. Everybody wants to talk to you. Everybody wants to offer their help. Another very effective woman in cricket is Tamara Lowe, who runs Cricket Kindness, which is a charity um, where she has single handedly collected, recycled, and often new uh, cricket equipment that's been gifted by um, very top companies because it's got the wrong branding on it or it's out of date or something like that. And she's managed to raise enough funds to ship these consignments to many parts of the world that otherwise would have nothing. So credit to Tamara. She's another one who's struggled in this very male-dominated um, um, uh, place to work. Yeah. So, um, you know, if you're out there and you want to work in cricket, I'm sure it doesn't matter what job it is, be it the physio or in marketing or administration, you're going to find it hard. I would love the people at the ECB to talk to me. They have yet to do that, despite I thought having some connections. I joined the Lady Taverners. I thought that would be great, and I had some great lunches and some great evenings out. But nobody actually ever wanted to talk to me about cricket travel and supporting our wonderful men and women overseas. Um, so tell so- tell tell
0: us, Sarah, if, if you if you don't mind, um, tell us, give give us an example of the of a typical itinerary. Uh, that you've developed over time, that you now know works really well for your business, as far as cricket travel is concerned. So you've you've right. mentioned a few of the names there of um, you know the likes of Richie Richardson, Gordon Greenwich, um, P.J. Duminy, etc. Uh, so so tell us what you would expect to experience if you were a uh, an interested customer um, of international cricket tours, looking to to follow right. either the men's or women's teams um, across right. the world.
1: Okay, and by the way, it's JP Doomany. I got it the wrong way around. You'll have to edit that bit. No,
0: fine. <laughs> it's fine, it's um, fine.
1: Our inclusive tours are at all bonded. Um, we set them up, um, choosing very carefully in, in terms of locations of hotels. Um, we provide air travel, you're met at the airport, um, the rooms, obviously, match transfers, One at least one great event during that time. If you want hospitality that will also be available assuming it's offered for women's cricket of course Um, there's always going to be another woman around which is one of our keys because all the other companies are run by men so if i know that single winner on that trip then i'll be there too so there's never a situation where you have to have dinner on your own i think that's probably one of the primary reasons why women don't travel alone on these trips having said that The camaraderie amongst our travellers, male and female, is fantastic and you're never left on your own. Um, So everything's tailored to what people actually want. Clearly, you have a core tour that has to be put in place because you've got to be there for certain days and times to watch the matches. But if you want to stay longer, if you want to go on a safari or extend your trip in any way or do something that you've always dreamed of, then we will always offer a tailor-made option as well. We're travel people that love cricket and the joy of seeing how much the travellers enjoy the trips when we get there. The friends they've made over the years that now ring us and say, oh, so so going? Book me the same as them. They can't wait to meet up again and swap stories. So it's an all-encompassing opportunity uh, where you don't have to sit for hours looking for things yourself. We always know the best locations. We've done it for so many years now. We're very good at what we do. And we're happy that we get such wonderful testimonials, many of which are on the website. We can't put them all on there, but I know we do a good job and I'm very happy to be out there flying the flag for women's cricket and men's.
0: Brilliant. And and you you mentioned that uh, Richie Richardson is your kind of, uh, you know, your your go to um, individual in terms of well-known people from playing the game. And uh, you know, T- Tamara and, and I have got to know each other through her charitable work that you mentioned um, very kindly earlier. So how did you get to know Richie Richardson and uh, in his capacity as a former uh, West Indian captain and, um, you know, stalwart of the game? How did you get to know him?
1: Yeah, well, that's interesting because I'm not sure I can actually remember now, as this was back in the early 80s and he lived in Antigua rather than Barbados, which is where I have my main connections. Mm. And I think it's true to say he was just slightly outside or towards the end of that dream team era. Uh, somebody must have given me a phone number and me being me well there was a lot of stake, so I probably picked up the phone and called him um, but he has been the most supportive of everybody in the islands and the consequences our numbers from visitors to Antigua which is his home have always been very high he's also introduced me to others for example Kirtley Ambrose um, he and Kirtley have a band together called Spirited, who we use for our events when we are in Antigua. Most amazing night out, I can't tell you. So he's always been very good at effective introductions for me and making sure that things go well. He introduced me to Kenny Benjamin, who I use for um, our plane tours to Antigua. He's been involved, well, he played for West Indies and been involved in coaching the under-19s. Yeah. So um, another good connection there.
0: And Gordon and Gordon Greenwich um, was that through those yeah. original um, yeah. times when he went went out there
1: that was, yeah I met Gordon um, in the early days um, he was obviously living in the UK um, at the time he was playing and um, for Hampshire mm-hmm. it's obviously his home England ground I think it's true to say that mm-hmm. uh, we still work together through lashings yeah um, he's been an incredible Person to have on our team too. We've had private parties at his house, which have been jaw dropping. Nobody could believe they were going to Gordon's house to see the memorabilia. He would invite his friends to come, the great and the good of Barbadian cricket, Um, and his work with Lashings has been exceptional as well. Um, He loves having his photo taken. He'll join us in the boxes in Barbados. Uh, He'll do our Q and A's. He'll even come to your home in England and cook for you if you want to have your friends round for a fee. So he must be probably
0: um, the most popular celebrity that we work with. That mm. well, sounds, I mean, what an amazing guy to be able to go to those lengths to, to please uh, please people who love their cricket. Um, I, I absolutely adored your, um, your story of uh, business and being a, a woman in business and a woman in a, um, a cricket related business. Uh, the phrase that you quoted, which I'm going to reference in terms of what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Um, if, if you could pinpoint one or two of those moments where you thought, what am I going to do next because of the different challenges that you came up against, um, what would be the, those one or two that spring to mind straight away? <laughs>
1: well, I'm glad this isn't going out live, put it that way, God. Um I think uh, probably the key, key one was when I made the final decision to walk away from a partnership that had lasted probably 15 years right. um, because I am actually a very loyal person and I felt that we'd started something together and we should have finished it together when actually yeah. it wasn't working for me at all. Um, in yeah. fact, it wasn't working as a company at all. Um, and actually, making that leap of faith, faith was probably the most difficult. But you often hear the saying um, that the universe will, um, if you ask the universe, it will give you what you need. Yeah, and the law of attraction.
0: Really yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think.
1: Me, although I didn't.
0: I was going to say, I think, I think anybody who um, is listening and has uh, experienced challenges in their lives, whether it be personally or in sport or in business, I think listening to you um, will uh, take the confidence and conviction to follow what they really want to do, uh, as opposed to just kind of make the best of what they experienced thus far. Um, I think sometimes um, that that leap of faith uh, in yourself, is um one of the most significant steps you can take in um, in sort of taking your your life your career forwards and it sounds as though yeah. from what you've described yeah. how um, your own business has developed that it was absolutely the right thing to do albeit not straightforward so um you know a very yes. a very honest a very um a story which shows a lot of vulnerability but um but I think has got such a a profound message uh, for people listening uh, in terms of encouraging people to to follow what they really want to do. So uh,
1: thank you. Absolutely. I have always had a go for it streak. I have always been a decision maker. Uh, Some things go according to plan and some don't. And my work motto is say yes to everything because half of it never happens and the other half usually turns out okay. So, yes, everybody who wants to do something else should be encouraged to do it. It's always about fear of the unknown. Of course, you wonder if you can pay the mortgage or whatever it is in your particular life that's holding you back. But um, there's no reason to be held back, really. Nothing bad will happen to you if you take that leap of faith. It will always come good. It might mean a bit of hard work along the way uh, and a few sacrifices, but you'll really regret it if you don't do it.
0: Well, let's flip it from what the challenges were to what the most sort of pleasing, proud, rewarding moments have been for you. What what would you wow. highlight there?
1: Yeah. Well, that's an interesting one. Um, I often travel on my own, so there's no one to share the highs and lows. I've stayed in some of the best hotels around the world over all these years of working in cricket, which total about 30. And uh, I think I've, I've cried on my own over my My success in more beautiful hotel rooms (laughs) than anywhere else. I know that sounds ridiculous, but when you come back from day one of a test match and you've seen a couple of hundred of your people wearing a polo shirt with your branding on it and you sit down and think, my God, you know, did I really do this? Is this really real? Did this really happen? So um, there've been many moments like that. but the, that one in particular was at a hotel called the Treasure Beach in Barbados a couple of tours ago. Um, I guess it's good to be emotional about things. People recognise uh, vulnerability mm. in a good way. Um, and uh, that one, just I just thought, what a fantastic life I've had. The people that I've met, mm. the places that I've been, mm. the matches that I've seen the huge success of the England team, and of course its failures, um, the atmosphere in the grounds, the fact that people have got off a catamaran trip in the Caribbean crying, hugging me, saying, best day of my life. Have I really given people that much pleasure? I guess I've got used to it now, but clearly I have. And that's an amazing, rewarding thing to to say that you've done for others. Mm. Um,
0: what last do you think, Christmas Day. Oh, sorry to interrupt you. Come back to Christmas Day last in a moment. But what do you think? What do you think um, your mum and dad would uh, would say now oh if they're gosh. around and say, you know, having introduced yeah. you to club oh gosh, cricket? Oh that's uh, they say?
1: emotional. My dad uh, played village cricket for Paddock Wood,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and he died some years ago. Mm-hmm. So I often wonder that too because he didn't see me at my best mm-hmm. in this business. Maybe he does now, I'll never know. I don't know what they would say, except give me a clap on the back, I guess, and mm-hmm. say, well done. He must be proud of me, I hope so.
0: I would imagine it's undoubted. But, uh, you know, you you used your mum and dad as that first recollection mm-hmm. of um, of cricket and going along to... Uh, the club where he was involved and you mentioned teas and stuff like that as your way of introducing it so I'm sure that they they both would be incredibly proud Um, so back to your story of last Christmas
1: oh yes last Christmas day um, being a businesswoman who apparently can't switch off I found myself watching Bloomberg Bloomberg TV channel Mm -hmm. and it was talking about do you know your customer and I thought to myself very important question there Um, I think I have actually lost touch with the, uh, uh, the, well, not lost touch because I do go on the tours, but I took some time to think about that and decided rather than do a survey, because everybody's had enough surveys, we just picked 10 random people that had traveled with us over a number of years. And I asked them to give me their thoughts on why they traveled with us. Um, And
0: inevitably,
1: it came through that we delivered. Right we always got good tickets but the last thing and in some ways perhaps the most important was the incredible cricket legends from many countries that they've had the opportunity to meet because I've employed them and I always like to employ people locally wherever I can so if we're in South Africa I go for the South African stars if we're in West Indies we go for the West Indian stars um, because we need to keep feeding the uh, the islands or the poorer countries with whatever we can to help their economy. Mm. So that came across, the, the opportunities they've had to speak, have photos taken, get autographs or whatever it is they've, they wanted. Um, so I think that was quite key to where we're going in the future and where we've come from.
0: I think it's a, it's a fantastic accolade uh, to, to hear that direct from your, um, for your, from your repeat customers and um, it, it's, it sounds undoubted again that the, um, the pool of uh, go-to cricket legends, as you quite rightly call them, that you, you have at your disposal, that you've built relationships with over, year, over the years, um, is instrumental and central to your customers' enjoyment of, of their experience with you so so where, where where do you see uh, the next sort of couple of years going for the business uh, where do you see the opportunities for growth within the travel industry that's been so adversely affected over the pandemic mm. what what would you see as being those opportunities well,
1: there seem to be a lot more competitions or opportunities to travel overseas uh, there are new competitions being brought on in several countries Um, Some more leisure-related rather than pure cricket. I know Abu Dhabi and Dubai are planning something new with some seriously top names uh, for uh, March next year, for example. Um, That will be mixed teams. It won't be country teams. Um, There are going to be many more shorter tours, apart from the Ashes in India, which I think will remain at something like six, seven weeks. Um, There's obviously going to be many more T20 competitions, uh, we've got one in Australia, as you know, this autumn, which is doing pretty well. I think we'll probably take 75 on that one, which coming out of pandemic isn't bad. Um, the women's game will definitely give us another avenue, um, depending on the countries that we get the opportunity to go to. And I think that that will start with the South Africa one, because it is just such a great, reliable place for women to go um, there's no reason why anybody shouldn't travel there. It's a wonderful product um, all round from cricket right through to the safaris, the hotels, the restaurants. Um, it's amazing. So, yeah. um, Well, we
0: it sounds to the, me like you've, you've whetted people's appetites to wanting to find out more. So uh, if people do want to find out more who have listened to the podcast or share it with others, uh, what's the best way of, of reaching out yes. to you and contacting you? Um,
1: right. There will be a slot on the website for the um, women's matches in South Africa. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, without any dates, we can't really put much up at the moment, but there's always a sign up on every page for the tours. The future tours program is due to be released by the ECB, so we've been without that for some time and everything's changed a lot since the last one was written. So I think in hopefully in a matter of days or certainly weeks, that will be out. And that will give people a chance to plan. Um, And many people do for several years. There are many special occasion reasons reasons to go on these tours. Um, I think with women's cricket, that it's probably more of a family dynamic. So it's always helpful if it can be within school holidays. But I don't think cricket organisers consider anything like that. They never talk to us about suitable timings. I know it's all about the game. But at the same time, if they want people to travel... And what is cricket without supporters? It's absolutely nothing. Mm. Um, So I think we'll see more um, women attending uh, with their daughters, uh, providing we get some school holiday dates. Um, So hopefully that will come into place one of these days. Um, If not, the numbers won't be as great from UK. They'll probably be great in whichever country's hosting. so so long as they keep exposing the women on tv um with conversations with their top stars and uh, the matches that are available to be shown on tv i'm sure there's going to be a lot of takers out there so if you'd like to contact me my email is sarah Mm s-a-r-a at ictours.co.uk
0: that's brilliant sarah and um it's been an absolute pleasure and privilege to to listen to just a short excerpt of what you've packed into 30 years involved in the game, in the business uh, as a female leader um, cr- connected to cricket and the, and the commercial world. And thank you ever so much for making the time to, to share those stories and those anecdotes and those experiences with us on the podcast. Well,
1: thank you very much. It's been good fun. Bye for
0: now. Thanks for listening, everybody. As a reminder, each cricket coach 365 podcast will be released every friday at 6 p.m on spotify and apple play after listening please leave us a positive review on spotify and share it with your friends and contacts you can also follow us on instagram at cricket underscore coach 365 have a great day